0: So next time you're shopping for the family look for delicious kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning shop now in store or online kroger fresh for everyone this is the denver city cast with holden kushner presented by bett rivers Hey, it's Holden with VEASAN. It is the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. If you listen to this, you get a chance. Catch me hosting Rush Hour this week from 4 to 5 Mountain Time on the mothership, VEASAN. But let's get into today's show. I got a lot to talk about. There's pictures of Sierra and Russell Wilson walking around London for his GQ shoot, and people are upset about that. Uh, media members locally, fans locally. And I'll tell you what I think about that. Russell Wilson, two wins shy of beating all 32 teams in the NFL in his career. I got a pretty cool Tom Brady note as well. We'll discuss the Big 12 maybe courting Colorado. That'll be interesting. And a Rockies-Dodgers bet and why I think Justin Jefferson is going to win the Offensive Player of the Year. So a lot to get into. I'm telling you right now. If Russell Wilson gets off to a slow start, there's going to be media members, there's going to be fans that are going to use his celebrity against him. So this is just how it works. I've been in sports radio for a long time. I've done it in some numerous places. And when you have a star, the caliber of Russell Wilson, everything is going to be dissected. This is the guy with the number one selling jersey in the NFL. This is the guy with the number one story on the field in the NFL. Of course, the off the field stuff you can't control, but he did an interview with GQ, with GQ and what happened? Well, him and Sierra are walking down the street and you see comments under Twitter, I'm sick of this guy, it is celebrity, give me a break. Yeah, he has been seen, Russell Wilson's been seen jet setting with his wife for the last couple of weeks. He was in Morocco, he was in London, You know, he's flying around. He travels with a helmet and his quarterback's coach, by the way. So it's not like he's taking time off. But all the people out there that want to just wait for that one stumble for Russell Wilson, I'm telling you right now, they're going to come back to this and say, the guy wants to be a celebrity more than he does want to be a great quarterback. And it's a bunch of garbage. Again, I've been in sports radio for a long time. I've actually been guilty of it before. I'll be honest with you. I've done it a couple of times. I go back and I think about it and I'm saying, geez, I just got caught up in that sports radio mentality. Some of the media mentality, some of the fan mentality, if the Broncos and Russell Wilson get off to a slow start this year, it's not going to be because the guy went over to Europe and Morocco to hang out with his wife and get away just for a few days, it'll be other reasons. It'll be adjusting to the new offense. It'll be adjusting to the offensive line, new wide receivers, which, by the way, I think he's put a ton of time in this whole offseason. I don't want to hear it. Seriously, I'm telling you, 100%, this is what goes down here, 100%. So maybe he should just walk around with a Broncos helmet wherever he is, so everybody lays off of him, right? If he walks around with a Broncos helmet on, then obviously he's taking things seriously, So it's just ridiculous. The guy has gone out of his way to fly teammates out to his place. Then he moves to Denver. He's getting chemistry rolling with his teammates. He's already starting a foundation and being involved with an organ with the organization, the, the Broncos organization in Dove Valley has his own office met with prospective owners. This guy is already ingrained in the, he's in the veins of the Broncos organization right now. Okay. His foundation, I was checking out at the supermarket the other day. Would you like to make a donation to Russell Wilson's foundation? I said, no, I do. Well, I mean, I didn't say it. I just hit pay your bill because I do a lot of other charitable things. But I think that's another thing. Russell Wilson hasn't played a game here. Now his foundation is huge. I mean, it's, it's just silly. Guy has a couple weeks for himself. The weight of the organization's on his shoulders. He's the biggest on-field story in the NFL. Are you going to blame him for that? Are you just going to blame him because he's too popular? Because people want a piece of Russell Wilson? Because now he's going to a legacy franchise with a ton of expectations and what could be the greatest division of all time. I'm not. You know, you, you want to blame his desire to be a celebrity as the reason he isn't performing to expectations if he starts slow, I'm here to tell you it's happening. And I will have absolutely nothing to do with that, okay? Nothing to do with getting interviewed by GQ and being an ambassador for the Broncos in London. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of players that take their vacations right now before they get into the grind in late July and it doesn't end hopefully until early February. All right, that's number one on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Didn't have much to do with betting, and neither does this, but I'll get to the betting in a little bit. I'll give you a Rockies play today. Okay, Uh, and I'm going to give you a futures play in the NFL. Russell Wilson, this is kind of cool, did some digging today. Two wins shy of defeating all 32 teams in the NFL. So he could become the fifth QB in NFL history to do that. Who's done it? Think about it just for a second. Think about who's done it. I'm going to tell you who it is, but maybe you can beat me to that. Tom Brady, number one. Obviously just beating everybody with the Bucs now. Drew Brees, who started out with the Chargers, he did it. Peyton Manning, who finished the 32, beating all 32 teams right here with the Broncos. And I didn't get the other one. I had the top three. I didn't get number four. And number four is the original model of Patrick Mahomes, Brett Favre. Favara, he went to the Jets he went to the Vikings he beat the Packers how about that and Wilson beat 30 teams in his 10 years in Seattle so he needs wins over the Seahawks and he needs a win over the Chargers and I think both of those things happen this year and they're gonna beat Seattle in week one so he'll get to 31 teams and then he's got the Chargers two times in week six and week 18. There's some other pretty cool records that are going to be broken this year, okay? Now, including the playoffs, including the playoffs, Tom Brady has 97,569 career passing yards. So he's 2,431 shy of 100,000 passing yards in his career. He has something like 13,000 in the postseason. It just It's a remarkable career. We all know this. We all know just how nuts this dude has been. Um, He also needs one game-winning drive to tie Peyton Manning for the most in NFL history. So, final drive, come back, win it. He's got 53. Peyton Manning has 54. Interesting. Couple others. Lamar Jackson needs one game with 100-plus rushing yards to break a tie with Michael Vick for the most ever by any quarterback in NFL history. Really? I didn't know that. Go Lamar Jackson. Bigger fan of Lamar Jackson than Michael Vick. Matt Ryan. Yeah, he was a he was an MVP, 265 passing yards shy of 60,000. And if he's really good, he'll get in the top five. He needs 1,627 yards to pass Dan Marino for seventh of all time, Phil Rivers for sixth, and Ben Roethlisberger for fifth. So he needs 4,354 yards to get into fifth place. Matt Ryan, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be a stat compiler. He's got an MVP. Yes, he lost 28-3, to but he's got a Hall of Fame resume. When I look at him in the eye test, Matt Ryan is not a Hall of Famer. Does anybody look at Matt Ryan and say he's a Hall of Famer? Maybe Julio Jones. Outside of that, I don't get it. But the numbers, he's a compiler, man. If he's fifth all-time passing yards... They're going to, it's going to be an interesting discussion going forward. And then I got one on the franchises. So the Chicago bears franchise, they have been the all-time leader in regular season wins by any team. This is from NFL.com. 102 seasons, 102 seasons. The Chicago bears have had the most wins in the NFL. I mean, they started out with a different name. What was it? Decatur Staley's I want to say, But this is their franchise. So NFL.com points out in 1992, the Bears had 85 more wins than the Packers and the Giants who were tied for second. So the Bears in 1992, 30 years ago, had 561 wins. Packers and Giants had 476. Giants have won a couple Super Bowls since then, but they've had a lot of down years. Packers, on the other hand, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, 30 years of that. And now the Packers are one game behind the Bears to be the winningest all-time franchise. I think that's really, really cool. One behind the Bears. So week one, Packers at Vikings, Bears against the Niners. They could be tied then. Week two, Sunday night football, Bears at Packers. This is fun. Some some, uh, records could fall. And the fact that the Packers are the winningest organization out there, if they can beat the Bears and and the first team in 102 years to have more wins, that's quite the story. And I expect that to get some, some love in the media. I hope it does at least. All right, number three on the Front Range for the four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets because we're going to talk Rockies bets here in a second. They've got new same-game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combo. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same-game parlays at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app. Make your baseball same game parlays today. You've got to be 21, though. You've got to be located in Colorado. And if you do have a gambling problem, please, please, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get into tonight's Rockies-Dodgers game. We've got Marquez and Mitchell White. Mitch White's a guy that's going to give you about five innings. Uh, Best case scenario has been on a pitch count. Marquez, I can't back him. Uh, That thumb got burned by his thumb in that last uh, start. And I uh, took him at plus money again. if you'll remember, we were trying to sweep the board there. The Rockies were trying to sweep the series. I did not know that he had a cut on his thumb. They didn't tell anybody. Nobody in the media released it. And then he had to leave early in that game against the Dodgers at home. Well, tonight, he's out there. I'm not going to trust him. That's going to have nothing to do with the bet that I have tonight. Rockies are plus 195. In L.A., the Dodgers won 5-3 last night. Minus 108 on the run line. So you're getting a run and a half. So the Rockies could lose, but they'd have to lose by a run. Uh, Dodgers minus 110 on the run line. Got to win by two or more. The total here is eight and a half. Now, let me give you some stats on the Rockies on the road. And then the Rockies on the road against right-handed pitchers. Rockies on the road, last 126 games, 41 and 85. I have told you they're an above average team at home. And they're one of the worst teams in the history of the world on the road. They have 14 home runs on the road against right-handed pitching. That is the worst in the league. And it's not like they've had, you know, 200 fewer at-bats against everybody else. They're just horrible. 14 home runs on the road against right-handed pitchers. Worst in the league. As long as Reyes Maronta, who has given up a home run in four straight relief appearances for the Dodgers, including last night, as long as he doesn't pitch, I'm going to be on this number. I already bet the bet, by the way. So 14 home runs on the road against righties, 29th in weighted runs created, 29th in OPS, the lowest hard hit rate of any team in baseball against righties on the road. They're also 29th in runs per game on the road at 3.03. They're barely scoring three runs per game on the road. Only the Tigers are worse. Here's my play. Let's go with the Rockies under three and a half runs. I, I, I thought it'd be two and a half, to be perfectly honest with you. Under three and a half runs, and they get this unless Maranta comes in. I'm telling you, I feel really, really strong about this bet. The play, Rockies team total under three and a half, minus 130 on Bet Rivers. Okay, let's get to number four on the Front Range Four, the four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. Is Colorado going to the Big 12? Well, we got four remaining Pac-12 schools that are gonna be in talks with the Big 12 today. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and the Buffs, Colorado. So, I look at this, and the Pac-12's in trouble, man. Their television network's a disaster. They're losing Los Angeles, just a monster market. Sure, they still have San Francisco, and I guess you could include Portland and Seattle, but L.A. just dwarfs all of them, which is why the Big Ten wanted them. The Big 12, believe it or not, even though Oklahoma and Texas are leaving for the SEC, the Big 12 is in a more stable position than the Pac-12, member-wise and money-wise. So the Big 12 losing the two big schools. They're adding BYU, terrific football school, UCF, Houston, great basketball school, and Cincinnati, which can boast a good football team and a good basketball team. So they're going to join the Big 12, not this season, but in 2023, So you'll have 14 teams, okay? Because uh, Oklahoma and Texas will likely be there until 2024. And that would put them back down to 12 teams. But, but, if you can get these four Pac-12 teams, sure, you'll be at 18 for a couple years. You'll go back down to 16. I don't think that the Pac-12 can offer anything to Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado to make them stay with the Pac-12 at this point. I, I just I just don't. The schools are now better in the Big 12 even without Texas and Oklahoma. It's a bigger conference. There's more money. They've got a they've got a TV deal coming up too and I think they're going to have a great TV deal. And they need, they're going to need A couple of these schools, they're going to need an Arizona or an Arizona state. They're going to need a Utah state or a Utah, I should say. They're going to need a Colorado. You get yourself Phoenix and Denver in the big 12. You are set up for your new TV deal. It's all about money, folks. You know this, right? It has nothing to do with anything except for that. I mean, I I think what we're looking at is two big 20s. So you're going to have two conferences, the big 10 and the SEC. They're going to have 20 teams each. 20 teams each. I truly believe this. They'll start poaching the ACC even more. And then you've got the Big 12, which if they add these teams, where are we going? To 16? You're looking at 16? And then down to 14? I think they just continue to poach. I think they get some of these schools in the Pac-12, and I would love to see Colorado back there with, you know, being a Kansas grad. I love the games, the football games against Colorado. There were a couple of seasons where Colorado and Kansas were really good together. And we get excited. Cordell Stewart came to town. It was a blast. It was a blast. And CU lost their natural rivalries from the Big 12. They still have CSU not in the conference. They could play CSU. If things really, you know, if you want to play your best rival, go play CSU. Nebraska was the other big, the other big one in the big 10. Now that's not going to happen. And and I think just going off brand here, just for a second off topic, the, the NCAA has murdered a lot of these rivalries for a lot of these schools, you know, and the schools share a big part of it. The money grab is bigger than any rivalry, so it's not going to stop. But, What do we got now? We got a decade in the Pac-12 for Colorado. Tell me who's the the rival that they really struck it up with. Because I I don't know of one. I just don't know of one. You know, and if the Big 12 is smart, I think they go out and they get themselves CSU too. They get Colorado, they get CSU, they get Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, maybe Poach, even a Boise State. The conferences, you're going to have three, 20 team uh, conferences in my estimation. Big 10, SEC, and then either the Pac-12 pulls out a miracle and just starts hoarding up schools, or it's the Big 12. I think you have three 20-team conferences. And that is the future of conferences in college football. Wow, that's a lot, huh? All right, coming up next on the show, we'll take a quick break. I want to talk about Justin Jefferson for Offensive Player of the Year. He is a 25 to one bet, meaning you're going to get, uh, you know, you bet a dollar, you get 25 back. If you're 26 back, if he wins offensive player of the year, those odds next on the Denver city cast presented by bet rivers, bet rivers is offering new customers, a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, bet rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Let's get into an NFL player's future that I like. Not his future, but a future's bet. <laughs> right now, you can get Justin Jefferson for Offensive Player of the Year at 25 to 1. Uh, Just some things on Justin Jefferson about him himself. He has more receiving yards than any other receiver through the first two years of his career. Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, any of them. Devontae Adams. And the Vikings have actually been the eighth most run-heavy team in the National Football League the past two years. And they have a new head coach in Kevin O'Connell. And he's installing a game plan that's focused more around the passing game. Now, I don't know if it's great to trust uh, Kirk Cousins more, but they're going to do that. And that means that Justin Jefferson's going to get even more work in the passing game. So here's some things on Jefferson. He's a top three deep threat in the league. No question. I mean, you throw Tyreek up there, Devontae Adams, he's top three. He's one of the elite route runners in the NFL. Some people call it a route. Some people call it a route. You can call it whatever you want. He's one of the elite route runners in the National Football League. And he was the most targeted wideout in NFL history through two seasons in a history of of any player. Most targeted wideout. Any player in the history of the National Football League. Absolutely remarkable how much work this kid is getting. You add that. With the explosiveness after the catch and the route running, I mean, this is pretty good. He can line up in the slot. He can line up outside. Cooper Cup doesn't do that very much. Not as much as Jefferson. I mean, Jefferson's just all over the place. I love it. And let's look at uh, the Vikings' defense, too. It's it's not any better than it was last year, which was awful. They gave up the ninth-most points and the third-most yards in the National Football League. And that could lead to more negative game scripts where the Vikings have to throw the ball more and they're just going to have to play catch up. And then when you look at it, there's also the eye test. Does the eye test matter to voters? Yeah, absolutely. It's not only about the stats. Like if a guy's flashy or a guy's super explosive, the dude is, he's going to get you votes. Does he put up Cooper Cup type numbers? I don't think it goes that far. That might have been a a once-in-a-generation receiving season, but I think he can flirt with those, and I think Cup falls back. So let's go look at the competition that he has at wide receiver. So through last – I would just say last year. like Jamar Chase is in the conversation, but I think Justin Jefferson was the third-best wide receiver in the NFL. That was behind Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. And I'll talk about Devontae first now that he doesn't have aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball i think his stats come down a little bit i do i, I don't care that he's with david carr and um derek carr again you, you know if you listen to this i can't get the cars right but he's got Carr, former college teammate but we've just seen it in the past wide receivers go to new teams and they don't put up the same numbers for one reason or the other you know for deandre hopkins i think it was because he had You know, you had a young quarterback going over to Arizona um, who was more talented than the guys with the Houston Texans, but the Texans got him the ball more. You've got Cooper Cup, who should continue to produce at a high level, but can he hit 145 catches, 1,947 yards, and 13 touchdowns again? Unlikely. He has battled injuries, and he now has Allen Robinson on the other side of him. I think he's an upgrade over Robert Woods, and I love me some Robert Woods. OBJ could be back. There are some targets to be had. I just can't see him going for almost 2,000 yards of 13 touchdowns again. And the the Rams gave him double-digit chances in 16 of 20 games, including the postseason. Cup scored two touchdowns in six six matchups. So two touchdowns per game in six matchups. How does that happen again? It's a historically amazing season. I don't think it does. 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns. It's a great season. Yeah, I can see that with Cup. But Jefferson can hit that. And I think he can emerge as the league's best wide receiver. Don't forget, Cup had three touchdowns in 2020. He's been on both extremes in that department. He'll likely end up closer to the middle of those numbers. And then there's Jefferson's former teammate, Jamar Chase at LSU. Jefferson was the slot. Chase was the outside guy. Jefferson gets to the NFL. Oh, this guy can play all over the place. That's pretty amazing. I think Chase will be in the conversation, but even if he takes the leap, how much competition for targets does he have in Cincinnati with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd? Jefferson's going to out-target him. Jefferson's going to out-target everybody this year. And with the injury attrition rate at running back, okay, because we're talking about... The NFL Offensive Player of the Year—it's not just wide receiver, but the injury attrition rate at running back. I know Derrick Henry won it a couple years ago, but look what happened to him—he fell apart. You know, Jonathan Taylor's in his third year, coming off a 400 carry season or 400 touch season—that's ridiculous. The league is pass first these days. I get it—a quarterback could win the Offensive Player of the Year, but two of the last three have been wide receivers. Michael Thomas, then you had Derrick Henry running back, and then you had Cooper Cup. A wide receiver is now squarely in the mix to repeat. So I'm back in Justin Jefferson, the guy that I think is going to be the best wide receiver in the National Football League in 2022. At 25 to 1, Justin Jefferson, my play, offensive player of the year. All right, thanks for uh, checking out the show. I'll read you some boosted bets for tonight, and then I'm going to get out of here and, again, catch me on VEASAN tonight, 4-5 Mountain Time, hosting Rush Hour. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, to allow less hits than Jason Alexander tonight in the Cubs game, was minus 118, boosted to minus 110. Available in Illinois, though. The Colorado one that we like, Rockies to score over one and a half runs to the first five innings against the Dodgers. Was minus 110, now plus 100, so even money. Eh, I'm not buying into that one. I already got the under three and a half runs. Why would I bother with one and a half runs through five innings? If you are going against me tonight, though, that's a great bet. You know, Mitch White, maybe he only goes four innings, bullpen comes in, but I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Uh, Max Scherzer, back on the mound for the Mets tonight. Over six and a half Ks in the Mets to cover. That little parlay cover the run line, I should say, cover the minus one and a half. That's now plus 185 boosted from plus 170. So the Mets to win by more than one run and Scherzer to get seven or more Ks. That is at least in the realm of possibility. Because I think he, this guy probably gets into the mid-90s for pitch count. The Reds strike out enough. I think the Mets are going to win this big. I don't hate that bet at all. Uh, Rays to win against the Red Sox and over nine and a half total runs was plus 280. Now plus 315. Rays and Red Sox. I mean, I kind of like the Red Sox offense when they play at home, but they stumbled yesterday. I mean, they didn't really look good whatsoever. And then I look at this pitching matchup here. Jeffrey Springs, terrific. Nick Pavetta has been one of the better pitchers in baseball recently. That's a rough one to back. Rough one to go over nine and a half total runs. The race to win, I could see. The total runs, the combo, that's why it's a plus 315. And then no runs scored in the first inning of the Twins and the White Sox. I mean, just quickly on the White Sox, if you watch baseball, what is Tony La doing? I mean, I was a big fan of this guy. I think he's a terrific person, works with uh, ARF. He saves homeless dogs. But as far as a manager goes, completely, completely out of touch with this generation. Chris Archer on the mound from Minnesota has been much better this year. 3.08 ERA, Michael Kopech, young stud, 2.78 ERA. Looking at the pitching here, no runs scored in the first inning of the Twins and the White Sox. Well, the Twins could touch up Kopech, giving up a little first run action here. Don't forget to log into Bet Rivers every Tuesday. You're going to get a 20% profit boost on all Major League Baseball wagers. Okay. Thank you very much for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Tomorrow, my buddy Ian St. Clair, play Colorado, joining me. We're going to talk some Broncos. We'll talk about uh, the Avalanche TV ratings, which were not great. Eighth. Eighth worst in the National Hockey League. They win the Stanley Cup. A lot of people don't watch him. We'll talk about that. And then Jared Evans from Pro Football Focus. Our buddy Jared's going to hop on. Lots to talk with him about. I think he likes Justin Jefferson too. I also uh, believe he's on the, um, the running back situation here in Denver. We're going to talk about Javante, Melvin Gordon. We'll talk Russell Wilson. So we have a lot to discuss with Jared on the show tomorrow as well. Thanks for checking it out. Thanks to our producer, Stephen Young. I'm Holden Kushner. Follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio, and have a great day.